Design by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the interior design and home pro marketing agency for you guys. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator, Darla Powell. And today we're talking about all things geek, (laughs) to me at least. I love home technology, smart home, home automation, smart home stuff. And I dabble in a very amateurish way with Alexa and my lighting and the stuff behind me. Watch, watch. If you're watching on Designed by Wingnut Social, our YouTube channel, you're going to see this. And uh, I've told you, if you listen to the show that I have behind me, I collect, I know, I'm a 54-year-old woman and I collect action figures. Sue me. But my set behind me, is what that is. You can go to Design by Wingnut Social and kind of see it. It's kind of blurred out because the F-stop on the camera and more geeky things, but watch this. Alexa, turn off the baby doll lights. <laughs> see that? Alexa, turn on the baby doll lights. Look, it's magical. Anyway, This is an example of just my geekdom, and by the way, my fiancé calls them baby dolls, and I think it's hilarious, of just DIY home fun automation that makes my life easier, right? So imagine, not on this scale, but imagine on a larger scale, if you're specking out home automation, lighting, sound systems, security systems, HVAC, home theaters, and things like that. And there's there's some questions that when you get into your consultations with clients, you might not even know to ask. You would, you don't even know. You don't even know that it exists or is out there. Well, anyway, I'm geeking out and getting ahead of myself. But today's guest, Joe Boris, does all of that there. He is an expert on this, and he has some terrific tips to help us to start thinking about elevating our game in the tech space. And you might be intimidated. Oh, my God, I'm not a dork. I'm not a geek. I could care less. Couldn't care less, I should say, about any of this. Well, that's the beauty of it. You just kind of need to know who to go to and what questions to ask to delegate that out. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Just listen to this episode with Joe. And uh, before we get into my conversation with Joe, of course, I got to tell you a little bit about him. Joe Barres is the founder of TriStar Electric and Automation, a full-service lighting, electrical, and home automation design and consulting firm for the ultra-luxury residential market. I'm, I'm here to tell you, folks, they're probably not using my Alexa lights in the home <laughs> in the luxury residential market, right? He has created an exceptional lifestyle-driven experience in some of the most beautiful homes in the country. Guys, you don't want to leave this on the plate. You don't want to leave the service on the plate. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Joe Boris to the show. Hey there, Joe Boris. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get this going. I'll tell you what, I am super excited to have you as a guest on the show because I am somewhat of an audio nerd, a tech nerd. Uh, I'm a 54-year-old geek. You can see behind me, I have my Star Wars and Marvel collection. I see that. <laughs> See that that's some collection, but I like that they're. Uh, are they in in any particular order? No, I have them kind of mi- no. mixed up right now, just so to fill in the empty slots because I have some I on back order right now. But I have mostly Star Wars and Marvel with some John Wick, and I I don't tell my fiance, but I just ordered 
some matrix ones. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, to keep those ones in a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um we were talking in the green room about home automation and just the direction mm-hmm. of the show and we want went off on a little bit of a tangent for home theater, which is something I want to talk uh to you about in uh, this episode for interior designers. They might I'm telling you my experience uh working with interior designers and and commiserating with interior designers, very few are educated in this field about home tech and automation and home audio and home theater. So you are just the guy. And I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show. Oh, well, that, that's great because I'm, I'm the right person for this. You know, this is such an exciting uh, time in the industry because, you know, <clears throat> this is my 31st year in the industry. And I feel that in these last three decades, what I've learned is there is, is an unnecessary division between the design trades Mm -hmm. and the field trades. So there is always interior designers coming onto a project maybe later in the game, or or even if they're involved early with the client, they're not engaging with the construction until the very end. And now they have to now navigate, which is what I really feel bad for in the interior design world, that they have to now navigate their design based on flawed construction that wasn't all seamlessly, you know, uh, coordinated. So I think that the uh, interior designers look and feel of the home really complements the architect's structural design of the home, where the walls are going, how the room's laid mm-hmm. out. And the interior designer now has all of that to work with, right? With flooring, with furniture, with, with layout, um, with millwork, with, you know, uh, shelving, and just the look and the feel of the whole home when it comes time to the client moving, right? Yeah. So why has there not been a conversation between the wiring trades and the interior design team? It baffles me. Yeah. So I think the interior designers, it's time for them to, you know, learn from, from myself and people like me to kind of incorporate their knowledge within our scope of work. So they have say in how the lighting controls are going to be, the light switches, the outlets, the plates, the Wi-Fi uh, uh, access points, where are they going? Why do they have to go there? How can we integrate them so we don't see them? You know, speaker locations, invisible speakers, size of speakers, grills, are they paintable? Are they not? Why do we need a speaker bar in here? Can we get away with a subwoofer? All these things should be, you know, falling on your hands because I look at you guys as, as, as the key component of the, of the design team and it should all be worked together. So if you have an art wall, it should be known ahead of time prior to construction that we have to do specialized lighting certain lighting locations that have to go there. So the joists of the ceiling could be framed out as such. So it's not like, Oh, there is a, uh, a fire alarm device or, or, or um, a central vac or any, anything that's going to be right in your way of your art. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying now, Oh my God, there's only walls six feet instead of eight feet. And what am I going to do? The client's going to freak out because the paintings now has to go over like whatever it is, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think it's, it's, you know, not to run on a tangent, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be working together. And I, I think that a lot of interior designers, very capable interior designers, design build, you know, working with architects and stuff. This is something that, like you said, just gets left out so much. And mm-hmm. a lot of them just don't know what they don't know, or they don't know where to go to get educated on this or who to partner with to do that. But you will have an interior designer just as a, this is just a, an example who will design a whole house and you'll have electrical schematics and drawings for the light of the hi-hats or this is where all you, you know, your appliances and you took, but not even a thought about the home automation part or the sound or that. And I just think that you're leaving a lot of money on the table, right? As a Mm -hmm. service, I think it's super important and a lot of benefit to the client. So 
where can interior designers go to even begin to research, okay, what's going on? And because this is something too, that um, it changes the technology it changes and then everything updates every three to five years. You have to get yeah. <laughs> to stay yeah, on top of it. I have something to say about that. Okay. okay. So yes, technology moves faster than you could ever imagine. Yeah. The day you buy an 8K TV, a 12K TV will come out. Like this is how it is. That's yeah. just life, right? However, let's focus on not so much the smarts and parts as we say in the industry. Okay. Right? It's about the devices themselves. So are they going to be speakers in this room? Mm-hmm. Whether they're $400 speakers or $4,000 speakers, that's kind of irrelevant. That's more for the AV integrator to work it out with the client for what experience they want to give them sound-wise and budget-wise. It's just for the interior designer to know, okay, what options are available? How big are they? Where are they exactly going to go? Do we have any flexibility in moving that? Because I was going to put a hanging tapestry here. Like These are the things that has to happen. So it's more about knowing what is going into the space. So the, the so. It's really important that every project, when they're meeting with a client, they should say, you know, who is going to be the um, lighting designer, the AV integrator, and the electrical contractor um, on the project. So now those three uh, people, and it may be like we do it all, so we're that one person. But sometimes you'll have three or four different trades on a project or, or designers that are involved in that whole process. So the interior designer needs to engage with them early on to find out what's going on. What are they working on? What have they been contracted to do? And, and, you know, especially when it comes to finishes, right? I think the interior designer has the responsibility of the look and the feel of the home from the ceilings to the walls, to the floors, to the finishes for everything, right? It shouldn't be like, oh, there's a, a biscuit colored uh, keypad on the wall, but you're doing a Venetian plaster that's gray. But the electric contractor doesn't know about it. The AV integrator doesn't know about it. So now it looks horrible. So who who does that look bad on? I think it looks bad on the on the on the integrator or the or the electrical contractor because they're thinking like, oh my god, why would you put a biscuit device on my plastic wall? But we didn't know that that was happening. So I think the interior designer has to own the finish. So let's let's back it up a little bit. So most of the interior designers here, so from an educational standpoint, of just even going for the scope, the scope of work and knowing how, who to hire and when to hire and what the actual needs are of the consumer. So when we go out on our consultations and we're surveying the property and we're saying, okay, it's this many square feet, it's this, this scope of work. We were, we're having conversations with the homeowners about their needs, what they want, how they live. But if you're an interior designer who doesn't know what questions to ask in this field, Totally. I got it. Okay. So, right. what, what, okay, so, okay, so prior to the client meeting, um, what they should do is, is do a little bit of education by um, speaking with a local AV integrator, which is the terminology to look for within your, in your area, or obviously they can always contact us and, and, sure. and, and we're happy to help anybody. So now they're at least learning like what goes into a, into a home because, you know, back in the, in the earlier days, and as we talked about tech moving forward, mm-hmm. earlier days is only a few years ago. Everybody's talking about smart homes. Like, oh my God, a smart home. Like it's going to cook your eggs when you walk in the, in the door. That's, I don't love that term, you know, smart home because every home nowadays is expected to be a smart home. Mm-hmm. Every home is going to have, you know, the, even if it's consumer grade products like a Nest 
uh, thermostat that you have an app on your phone and Sonos everybody has in their homes now, or, you know, you can go to Home Depot and buy lighting that you can just, um, yeah. uh, uh, home, home, uh, DIY sort of app controlled, mm-hmm. you know, light switches yeah. from, uh, you know, Lutron or, or many other brands and all these different levels go to a higher, more enterprise grade, but they also are, are available on consumer grade, which has limitations. So, Every home is going to have these things, you know, energy efficient lighting, LED lighting, um, some sort of audio, obviously televisions, kids have Xboxes. So every home is a smart home in a way, Wi-Fi, right? So um, it's just a matter for them to get on to speed. Okay, I know all this stuff has to be in a home. So let me at least, you know, meet with, have coffee with, discuss my services as an interior designer, let's say, and their service as an AV integrator. Maybe we can just kind of understand each other's trades a little bit more. Maybe we could share clients. Uh, they could bring each other in and start networking that way. So, so that's the first step of education where the interior designer needs to understand, like, I've been in a thousand homes. And yeah, of course, now I'm seeing it. Yes, of course, there's going to be TVs in the room or, oh, you know, usually kids from 13 and under don't really have TVs in their rooms. But the AV integrator sometimes pre-wire for those. So when those kids get older or they sell a home, there's going to be wired TVs. Do I want to put paintings over the boxes or can they put the wires in the wall without having a plate on the wall? Like all these things. So it's a, it's a better about, you know, having these conversations, but also the AV integrator needs to be like-minded mm-hmm. and a cool individual in, in, in lack of better terms to want to, you know, network and help and, you know, not, not, come off like, oh, I'm on the arrogant side, you know? Yeah. So, so that's the first step. And the second step is when they meet with the client, they should ask them like, you know, how tech forward are you? You know, cause I've had meetings with clients in my showroom here in Malibu where they're like, I want technology. I just don't want to see it. So that now makes me have a whole different mindset of design. It's like, you know, how am I going to make this tech disappear? Yeah. And, and that's important. And again, going back to the part to where if you're an interior designer and you don't know, you just don't know. And to bring in that education. And I, that reminds me of a project that I did in Miami. And it was a, it was a media room. It was a living room media room. And they had, you know, their, their, their DVRs. They had their Blu-ray players. They had their AV equipment and everything. And they had no idea that they could hide that, tuck that away with just a simple remote RF. You know, it was a Harmony remote. They don't even make them anymore, you know, and just set that up. And and they were so happy that they could just squirrel that away. And I imagine um, if you just had all that stuff sitting out there as a designer and you just didn't know or hadn't consulted with with somebody that, I mean, would they still have been happy? Maybe because they don't know what they don't know. But they were delighted because it was sleek and they couldn't see it. Right. So I think that um, after they do one project, in at least in the luxury residential space, you know, once you get into restaurants and hotels, that's a different story. Yeah. But um, for the residential space – it's very similar moving forward, you know? So once you do a family living room, media room, they're all going to be very similar, you know? So they'll know to ask the questions. Yeah. Or, oh my God, in my last job, we had to, you know, shove all this equipment into a special millwork cabinet that my millworker made for this, you know, shelving unit that was around the TV. And it was a nightmare because there was no ventilation. I could only have 17 inch depth and you need a 19 for your equipment. Can we remote the equipment to an AV rack mm-hmm. in the, in the garage, in the basement, in the laundry room, in an equipment closet? So, so these are all lessons learned. So, um, so the first thing to, and when I say partner with, I mean, I don't mean financially, just network <laughs> with, with someone to, to help you get to the next step. And sure. also, you know, I think from the AV integrated step, we always want to learn from interior designers. Like, 
you know, what questions do come up when you're interviewing with these clients? Do you talk about motorized shades? Do you, do you understand what motorized treatments really are? What blackout really means mm. to get true blackout? You know, are the, are they light sleepers? Is it a privacy area where you have to worry about when you're getting changed in the morning that your neighbors are looking in? Like all these conversations, we have to work together. That's it. I didn't even think about window treatments. That's a whole other ball oh, game. Yeah. That's because something. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't even think about that as being part of the smart home. But yeah, that, that's right. They want automatic. It's a very big part of the business. It's, very big part. It, yeah, and that's not, that's more money that they're leaving on the table for sure. So hundred percent because we want mm-hmm. the interior designers to kind of take over that fabric selection mm-hmm. selection process because in, in the in the fabric selection world. I mean, it's 10,000 fabrics. They, I mean, it's just There's endless. a billion trillion fabrics. And we don't want that responsibility. <laughs> we want to know what family, you know, we're going with beige or we're going with prints. And then we kind of like can send our best suggestions to the, to the design team, let them work it out with the client. We can order samples and do all that good mm-hmm. stuff. It's different openness factors based on how much light you want to come in and all that. But that's an interior design job. Yeah. And we'll take care of how we make it operate. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally even forgot about all that because I never dealt with the window treatments because I hate them. <laughs> right, right. Well, but that's, it's a, it's a it's a daunting task, but when it's installed and you live with it, yeah. you're like, wow, I can't believe I've ever lived without these. Well, that's true for all of it. I mean, I have Alexa and I have the the, the basic DIY stuff in my house everywhere with lights. I, my studio lights are. Hey, Alexa, turn off, turn on my studio lights. And I have my we were talking again about the home theater and the basement and everything um, because I just love it. I'm a geek. So uh, interior design generally speaking, they might not be geeks. So I love the idea of just going and having a coffee with a local AV guy and say, listen, I'm doing these consultations. What kinds of questions should I be asking my clients to feel them out? And is that that's something we can collab on moving forward? Just like you have any trade, you have a contractor, you have your electrician, your plumbers. I, I, I do love that idea. Hey, so I want to talk to you a second and ask you, what would it mean to you and your bottom line to get an actual paying client? From Instagram. Are you an interior designer who hasn't gotten any leads from Instagram at all? What kind of money are you leaving on the table? Well, enter Instagram for interior designers, our online digital course. If you're struggling to showcase your work on social media and you feel like you're not reaching your target audience and missing out on potential clients, then you need to check out our online marketing course, Instagram for interior designers. With over 1 billion, with a B folks, monthly active users, Instagram is a perfect platform to showcase your design skills and reach your target audience. And our course is specifically designed for interior designers who want to learn how to create a compelling Instagram presence, attract followers, and Cha-ching, turn them into clients. In this course, you'll learn how to create stunning visuals, write compelling captions, use hashtags effectively, and engage with your audience. You'll also learn how to use Instagram's powerful features, such as Instagram stories and reels to showcase your work and reach a wider audience. But that's not all. Our course also includes expert tips and strategies for growing your Instagram following and converting your followers into clients. You'll learn how to create a content strategy, collaborate with other designers, influencers, vendors, and use Instagram advertising to promote your business. The best part? Of course. Of course, of course. Our course is 100% online. You can learn at your very own pace and on your own schedule, and you'll have lifetime access to all the course materials. That way, you can refer back to them anytime you need a refresher, you need to update, Etc. So if you're an interior designer looking to take your social media game to the next level, sign up 
for Instagram for interior designers today. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy. Drop down and check out that course. Oh, and did I forget to mention, there is a money back guarantee. If in 90 days you don't increase your reach and engagement and your brand awareness by completing this course and implementing what's inside, you'll get your money back. That's a no-brainer. What would it mean to you to sign one client from Instagram? Come on, folks. Head on over to wingnutacademy.com, wingnutsocial.com. 100% right. But just don't, don't, don't worry about the operational standpoint. That's not the interior jobs response, interior Mm -hmm. designer's job to really worry about the whole geeking out of like how to make things operate. That's your, your (laughs) trusted wiring partners, right? (laughs) That's true. But, um, you know, because that, that can be overwhelming if you start talking about wireless technology and wired versus wireless and, you know, bandwidth and gigahertz. Like that's mm-hmm. ridiculous conversation. It's just a matter of I have 15 access points going in this property. These are what they look like. This is my plan of where they need to go to give the best coverage. How do we make it where you don't see them, mm-hmm. but yet give the functionality to the home? This is something that we need to talk about. Or mm-hmm. do we need to, to hide the shades and shade pockets? What does it look like with your ceiling detail? Or do you have drapery? How, you know, full is the drapery as far as the fabric? And then we could do the calculation of how much of a window stack it's going to be. So you'll see how much light you're going to lose from the window. All this stuff goes into it, you know? Yeah, it it is a lot. So what are some of the things that you're seeing right now in, uh, we'll just keep it to residential uh, for the sake of the time that we have in the podcast, that are trending in home automation that you're seeing – designers work with or that you're handling anything new and exciting? So, Mm -hmm. so, well, I don't know if it's new and exciting. It's more about commonplace. So Mm -hmm. motorized window treatments are commonplace, at least in, in in the jobs that we're involved with. Um, So there's pretty much, uh, you have motorized uh, blinds and and shades for the uh, four common areas, which are more of a, like a 10% openness factor within the, uh, the weave of the fabric. So it's still let light in, but yet make it a little bit intimate and block some sun. And then blackouts for the bedrooms. And it's not necessarily true blackout where you, you know, cause it's going to be a little light, um, gaps on the sides mm-hmm. unless you want a, a true blackout experience. And there's a little bit of a different protocol for that. Um, and that's pretty standard, you know, so that, that's one. Um, two, I think is, um, a, a new trend is voice control. So you mentioned Alexa. So there's, um, another platform called Josh AI, which is a voice, uh, AI kind of activated system similar to Alexa. Um, and that's a pretty new hip and trending item. Um, and what's, what differentiates that, uh, system with Alexa is it's intuitive to, um, the language that you speak. So with Alexa, everything physically needs to be programmed into it to do that particular task. And if you miss a word or two, it's not going to do it because it didn't recognize it as an exact script with the Josh platform. It's intuitive. So if you're saying, you know, turn on the shades or turn my lights off or um, shut, you know, X, you know, Lisa's bedroom, it knows based on the programming of the lighting control system in the home Hmm. where you have lights, where you have shades, where you have music, where you have temperature and will do it without having to say it to a script. And that's like more of the whole AI, um, you know, technology. So it's making it a little bit more intuitive. Um, lighting controls is also a big one, you know, having centralized lighting. Um, so we could do a whole podcast just on that, (laughs) but it's just about, and what that means in layman's terms is instead of having a four, you know, gang switch box, for example, when you walk to your home, you know, one for your outside, one for your foyer, one for the chandelier, Mm -hmm. one for the stairs, whatever, it would be a single keypad that have multiple buttons on it that will do scenes, you know, home away, exterior pendant, you know, um, where it's a beautiful, clean one button device, um, 
instead of having multiple switches on the wall. And that's, that's, you know, becoming standard as well. Centralized lighting is, is a good term for that. Yeah, that sounds that's above my pay grade. That sounds like someone I would definitely hire you for. <laughs> it's yeah, something but it's, I... <laughs> it's, it's the, once you have it, you're like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. The, in my opinion, the only reason why you have four gang switch box on new construction is because they're just old thinking. The way it used to be, like in the house that I grew up, that's because that's how it had to be because that's just how it was, you know. And there was no other option. But now there's other options that are are, are much better. Okay, so let's let's and you're experience, maybe you have an answer, maybe you don't, but you probably do. What percentage generally of an overall renovation budget or design budget are, is this aspect of the project coming in? Is it 10%, 15%? Is there a rule of thumb? No. So, you know, because we're not really privileged to what the construction costs are going to be for the whole thing. So if it's a brand new house, if it's 8,000 square feet house, if it's a 4,000 square foot house, is it a, is it a gut remodel? Is it only a partial remodel? It really, really all depends. But all I can tell you is that lighting, electrical, and home automation can be as expensive or as economical mm-hmm. as the client and the AV integrator and electrical contract lenders on a work together to, to help that. So you could buy a, a light fixture, a down light for $1,200, or you could buy one for 17. Wow. They both will provide light, but the experiences will be completely different. So the budget is really subjective to based on what you put into the home. And again, you could buy a, a shed, a, a set of uh, bookshelf speakers that are, you know, $200 each or $10,000 each. Yeah. And what kind of experience are you giving that homeowner? So it really, really depends. But as time goes on, the wiring trades, which means the electrical contractor, obviously the lighting, the window treatments, uh, landscape lighting, home automation, audio, video, security, the wiring trades are going to be the most important trade on the project. Most important. Because we control everything. If your Wi-Fi goes down, it's like the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it is right? for me. I work from home, yeah. so for sure. See, I hear you. So, um, how are they? How are they coming along with wireless audio? Is it is it as good as wired audio now? If you're specking that up for a home, is that even a thing? So, for, so we have a rule that we always kind of go by: wired is always better yeah. than wireless. Mm-hmm. So. There are wireless products that work amazing, of course, but I look at wireless products selfishly as excellent options for when you don't have an option. So there are battery operated motorized shades when you weren't able to get wires there. Yeah. Or, um, you know, Sonos, for example, if you want to put Sonos in your daughter's room and you didn't, you know, wire the speakers there, you have the plug and play ones that work off your Wi-Fi. So obviously everything's functional. You know, your TV can work off a of Wi-Fi, but I just know through spotty connections, um, you know, issues with access points being, you know, maybe behind millwork mm-hmm. or things like that or bandwidth, op- you know, wired is, if you have the option to run a wire, you do. Yeah, same. You I know? mean, I've se- yeah. I see a lot of wireless home theaters and stuff trending. Um, we always have like the Bluetooth, like interference with, you never know what signals are coming through. There's just a lot through. of stuff going on. You jump yeah. on your phone, you got to mm-hmm. change your setting to Bluetooth and then your, you yeah. know, your, your kids have their thing connected to their speaker. Now you're playing music and it's going into their room. You're like, no, 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 I want it to go to my mm-hmm. TV. So there's all that stuff. So, so there's always, so the, the whole, there's a whole gamut. But we were talking about earlier about um, interior designers networking with audio video contractors, sure. uh, AV integrators. A lot of AV integrators, including ourselves, we have showrooms and this is what we have. So it's like a little experience center, design center where 
clients come in, architects, interior designers, engineers, spec developers, interior designers, you know, homeowners, they come in and we're able to give them experiential uh, demonstrations, talk about the product, show them things live, listen to different audio, show them different lighting controls, light fixtures, color temperatures, fabrics, all this stuff in a, in a smart home environment. And you, you'll gain a ton of knowledge. What about events, industry events like Cedia or, or the like? Is that something that we would be overwhelmed by attending? Or I, I, I think Cedia is a great event, but okay. I believe that it's more geared towards the AV integrator industry. Okay. I think that, that Cedia puts on smaller events. They call them tech summits okay. that are much smaller and, and they have them in different you know uh, cities throughout throughout the year. Those might be a little bit better, you know, uh, industry events where the uh, interior designers can go and learn a lot and be able to be in a more intimate environment versus like a major trade show where they're like, oh my God, because it's all tech. Yeah, It's all about the latest and the greatest technology. You see speakers everywhere blaring and TVs and displays and lighting. And I, I think they would freak out. <laughs> I would but love the smaller it. ones. I like the smaller <laughs> ones because you get to talk yeah. to the reps. You get to talk to the manufacturers. It's more say, digestible. Oh, I work on, mm-hmm. Yeah, mid-century modern homes. And they said, oh, well, look at our architecturally square speakers. You can see them out. And, you know, that's a better fit, you know. But also uh, doing showroom tours mm-hmm. in your area would be really beneficial. Yeah, I, I love that. You can go and you can see it hands-on and you can just pick the brains. And it's just like everything else. And I, I tell our clients or I, my listeners, if it's not your scope of genius and it's not something you're passionate about, delegate it. You know, have a working knowledge of it so you can have conversations with the client. You know what's going right. on. Big, always delegate that. That's awesome. Joe, is there anything yeah. that I've forgotten to ask you on this subject before we get into the fire round? Uh, no, I mean, I think this has been great. I think it's love to just speak into the design industry, especially interior designers, and hopefully things that I've kind of with my old New York accent, you know, they can be <laughs> able to at least decipher some of the stuff, but um, I'm just happy to help in any way I can. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I think that you probably got some wheels spinning out there from interior designers who just hasn't really even been on their radar to just kind of dig in and look at it and see what they can do for their clients and for themselves. Well, I think that's empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. I think that they should really realize, you know what, I do control this home. Like, Because when this client walks in and they throw their keys down, the dog runs over to them to say hello and their wife's cooking dinner or, you know, not to be stereotypical or whatever, just <laughs> visually in that, we got that, that mindset, you know. Uh, they should be proud. Like, wow, I own this place. Like I did this. It's not like, oh, I got to be stuck with a thermostat going right here. Like there's, there's, you got to, you, you own that design in my opinion. Yeah. I love it. All right, Joe. Now I got to ask you, are you ready for the what up wingnut round? Oh yeah. Let's do it. What do we got? What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? (sighs) Do I get one? Uh, well, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I would say dedicated. I'm dedicated so hashtag dedicated, anything in my life, whether it's with my family, whether it's with my passion for surfing, whether it's, you know, taking on a new task at work, you know, as a young age coming into the construction industry, I was dedicated to prove myself being a young kid in the field and being in New York City construction is really kind of what made me who I was and made me strong. And uh, so dedication for sure. I love it. Simple, short and sweet and powerful. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? Oh, God. Okay. This may not sound exciting <laughs> to anybody, but... There's this place out here uh, called the Vitamin Barn, and they make an avocado sandwich. It sounds boring, right? It, this thing is epic, right? It's like this toasted bread, like concoction with avocado and tomato and like this vegan mayonnaise spread. And this, it's, it's a plant-based thing. It's got, you know, fake bacon bits on it. And it's just <laughs> red onion. It's just so amazing that like you literally dream about this thing all the time. So that. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Well, okay. I have a book. It's... Um, 
this impacted me in my whole life. It, it was called, it's, it is called Evolution of a Cro-Magnon, and it's by an author named John Joseph. And this guy is a hardcore New York City, born and raised uh, punk rock lead singer, now in his late 50s. I think he's in his 60s now. And the guy is just a badass. And he is such an inspiration because he had a really rough life, foster home, a foster home abuse, like starvation as a childhood, drug addict, like horrible. And he turned his life around to be like, not only like a plant-based advocate for 40 years, but an extreme athlete who's done the Ironman competitions, you know, dozens of times. And he's inspired thousands of people all over the world to get together. And he's inspired me. And this guy's just a, just a beast and um, super intelligent uh, author. He's, he's wrote a bunch of books, including cookbooks. And he is uh, a, a real, real, real cool dude. And that was Evolution of a Crow Magnon? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, I love the it's, title. It's, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then the ba his band's called the Chromax. That's kind of how it started. Oh, okay, got it's it. It's to see somebody that faces adversity in growing up in New York City in the 70s that uh, just really hit home. And it, it, this guy's amazing. Awesome. I love it. I'm going to check that out and put that in my audible queue. Joe Burris, please tell the wingness where they can go to find out more about you and uh, your consulting and your services, and we'll call it a day. All right. That sounds good. So yeah, just uh, my website is the best way to get in touch with me and learn all about like what did I do. Uh, it's joeburress.com, and I'd love to help. This has been so fun. It has been amazing. and I've, I've had a terrific time geeking out with you, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really loved it. Well, I hope that Joe gave you some food for thought in this particular realm of the interior design space. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? We delegate window treatments in some instances. I certainly did. I hated dealing with window treatments. Did I leave money on the table? Yes. Did I <laughs> Did I have a happier life? Also, yes. Uh, electronics, some in some cases, architects to do things. So we delegate these kinds of things that aren't exactly in our wheelhouse to the experts but at the end of the day, it's your interior design project. So when the client is having those warm, fuzzy feely, feelies about why they can't see a whole AV rack and they can just push a button on the remote and things magically just turn on and light up and music happens or movies happen, they're saying, wow, Susan McNuggets, interior design, did a fantastic job with this. Because in the beginning, Susan knew what questions to ask and what the scope of work looked like and who to bring on, who to bring on board for her team. Just something to get on top of. And I know when I was in Miami at the Dakota Design Center, they had every now and then they'd have like a little seminars for the lighting store there and say, oh, this is how, this is what Crestron looks like, or this is what this looks like with the home automation, just to give us a better understanding of what questions to ask. And I'm sure that if you just Google AV, you know, AV um, subcontractor in your area and you just go to their showroom and pick their, say, listen, I'm an interior designer and um, I want to start offering these services to my clients. Where do I start? What's a good intake question? What, what, you know, what are some of the basics and just kind of get your feet wet there. Maybe down the road, bring them on for a consultation, work something out. You guys are big, big girls and boys, you know, business owners. I'm sure you can work out something that's mutually beneficial. <laughs> in that regard. And I'm doing a, I want to do, I want to do so badly, a dedicated home theater in my new house. So Joe, um, stay tuned. I might be calling you to pick your brain about some of those logistics because I know enough just to get myself in trouble. I don't think Alexa is going to run my home theater. <laughs> I'm going to need to bring in some big guns for that. All right, guys. So I do hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope it gives you some food for thought. Tell us what you think. Send us an email to info at Wingnut Social. If you're watching on YouTube, again, designed by Wingnut Social, that's pretty uh, brand consistent across the, across the board there. And uh, on the YouTube channels, you can see uh, what we look like in real life. <laughs> 
And if you're an interior designer or if you're in the uh, home professional milieu, maybe you're a vendor to the trade architect, head on over to wingnutsocial.com and see how we can help you with your social media marketing, your search engine optimization, anything there in the digital realm. Maybe you're a vendor and you have a whole bunch of product on your Shopify. You need some help marketing those and advertising those, setting up your Instagram store, your Facebook store. Well, guess what? I know who you can call for that. That's going to be us, wingnutsocial.com. Check that out. And don't forget our incredibly popular Instagram for interior designers online and on-demand course. Delegate that crap to someone on your team because <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of work, right? It's, it's very thorough and very complete. And by the time they go from point A to point Z, they're going to be Instagram experts for your interior design firm. And I'll be damned if they're not going to get you results. Money back guaranteed on that. You can go to the website for more details. And remember, until next time, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be green. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. you're an interior designer and you're not having conversations with your clients about smart homes and home automation, you're leaving a lot on the table. Do the finger guns. Hey kids and welcome to adjust your glasses. I need to tighten these. Check out, check out. And if you're looking to, uh, good boy, mango.